Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. After you have your baby, you find that you're experiencing a wide range of emotions. You feel joyful, weepy, tired, weepy, in love with your baby, and weepy still. Is this normal? Do you have the baby blues? I'm Gretchen Malios, licensed clinical social worker and board president of the Postpartum Health Alliance, and you're listening to Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group, guiding new mothers through the baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula and postpartum doula and owner of Indu Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. All right, let's go ahead and introduce our panelists. Hi, I'm Shannon. I am 31. I'm a stay-at-home mother and part-time photographer. I have two children. Um, Gabriella is going to be two next month, and Emerson is two months old. And my name is Jennifer. I am 36. I'm actually also a donor-trained doula. I am a student midwife. I have two children of my own. Uh, my daughter is 12. My son is 5. And I am actually carrying currently a second surrogate baby for friends of mine. I'm Brittany. I'm 26. I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I'm also training to be a doula, a birth doula. I have one seven-month-old baby girl who is vocal and grabby, and she is here with us today. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's Sunny. I'm producing today's show. And before we get started, I just wanted to address a couple emails that we've received within the last couple weeks regarding the Newbies app and the New Mommy Media app. You've heard Kristen and I talk about these apps in the past, and both of them are pretty new. So people are wondering when they should download Newbies versus when they should download and use the New Mommy Media app. So here's the deal. Uh, First, you should know that pretty much the same information is on both. So if you are more of a person where you like all of your apps to be separate, 
it and you don't want to have to go digging deeper into an app to get the content you want, then I would suggest going with the Newbies app. So it's got some really great features on it. Mainly, obviously, you can download and listen to the episodes whenever you want. You can star your favorite episodes. You can access all the bonus content and all of that great stuff with just a few simple clicks. However, if you are someone who loves the New Mommy Media podcast and you listen to several of them, hopefully you guys know that we produce more than just newbies. <laughs> In fact, we have we have five podcasts right now that we're producing. And so if you're a fan of our other shows and you want, perhaps, I don't know, maybe you download a bunch of apps on your phone, your iPad, or your Android device, and maybe you're running out of room and you just want one app that has everything on it, that's a great opportunity to download the New Mommy Media app. So all five shows, you can access all of the podcasts through that app. You don't have to load all of them. So let's just say you listen to two out of three or four out of five or something like that. Um, You can just download the ones you want and have easy access to them just through one single app. And the nice thing is we have apps available on every single platform you can think of. So hopefully that breaks it down a little bit more. If you guys have further questions, please email us. You can go to the contact link on newmommymedia.com and just let me know your questions and I'll try to get them answered. Today on Newbies, we're beginning our series on postpartum mood disorders with an episode on the baby blues. On our show, we have Gretchen Malios, licensed clinical social worker specializing in maternal mental health. Thanks so much for joining us, Gretchen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Gretchen, as a licensed clinical social worker, how many moms experience the baby blues? So the baby blues are commonly understood to happen in about 8 in 10 moms. So 80% of moms will experience the baby blues in the first couple of weeks after giving birth. How many moms nationwide experience postpartum mood disorders? So postpartum mood disorders are different than baby blues because that's actually a stronger symptom. It happens for fewer moms. Um, But we estimate that there's about 400,000 live births in the United States every year. And if we went conservative, that 15% of moms get some kind of mood disorder after giving birth, that that's about 60,000 moms a year in new cases. Wow. And that if we go up to 20%, which is commonly referred to as sort of the the baseline of the number of cases in a in a given year um, or new cases um, it's 80,000 new birth new new instances of maternal depression dads we're starting to recognize that dads get it too and that's 10% of um, new cases so 10% of dads experience depression after childbirth um, and 50% of dads when there's already a case of depression in the home so if mom develops depression dad is 50% more likely to develop it as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. new information for me. Yeah. What are the different kinds of mood disorders that mom can d- experience? We'll just touch on a few. Right. So, well, mood disorders are are depression specific, but the different kinds of mental health disorders that mom can experience are anxiety, depression, um, and trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and OCD or psychosis. Um, So mood disorders are the most commonly studied and the most commonly occurring. But these days, most of us um, that are working with moms and dads, we're finding that anxiety is about as common as depression, even though depression has been much more studied. What is a new mom experiencing emotionally those first few days after she has had her baby? Most of us experience that kind of euphoric elation that's so overwhelming that sense of love when we when that baby first arrives it's like nothing we've ever experienced before we didn't know we could have that bandwidth of feeling and love 
so that's commonly the first reaction um, or the reaction within the first day of getting used to that new being in your life and that new relationship. But after that, then there's this expectation, oh, does that stay? Well, it doesn't. There's, there's, there's hardship, there's adversity, there's questions, there's doubts. There's the baby's health that you know, this medical environment or this family environment is sometimes monitoring. So after the elation and the euphoria that comes naturally with the body and the whole surge of the experience, there can be worry, there can be stress, there can be fear. There can be sadness and confusion. So there's a range of feelings that parents feel. And I don't just mean after the first child's born, because when the second or the third comes along, now you have that baby and then those other relationships to negotiate. So life's complex and relationships are complex. And that welcomes a whole gamut of emotional responses. What about our panelists? How did you feel that very first day that you had your baby? Tired. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long night. Yeah. Um, just happy and just, I mean, really, honestly, though, it was, I was tired. That's, that was the biggest thing for me, but I was happy that my husband was able to be there. He's in the military and I had a great doula, so I don't know that I, and a healthy baby, so I really don't know that I felt like I could have asked for a whole lot more. How about you, Jennifer? How did you feel? You know, so far I'm three for three. Day one is elation. I'm very grateful for that. I'm so excited by it. You know what I mean? It's just. Like there's this new person in the world and, and even if they're not my person, like there's this new baby in the world and I just like the best days when babies come. Day two might be a different story, but day one is awesome. That's right. You're a surrogate. So I'm going to break the trend Mm -hmm. because with my first daughter, um, the first day was elation and that continued, I would say through day three. And um, for the first two weeks with her, I had some baby blues that I was dealing with, and it was very hard to um, just do anything. And I slept a lot and nursed a lot and just kind of stayed in the bed. And I had a lot of doubt about my emotions. Or like, you know, I would get very angry very quickly. And is this warranted or am I just hormonal and this has nothing this is just me being hormonal so a lot of doubt and then it cleared up Uh, you know it was just gone and um with Emerson this time around it has not cleared up and I'm uh two months post yeah he's he's 11 weeks on Thursday so um right before he was born my grandmother passed away and um when I had him he was a c-section and I was excited that he was there but it was nothing like the flood of emotion that I had with Brie it was it was much more subdued um I would say in a large part because I was grieving I'm, I'm still grieving you know and it, it it's challenging and I feel like um I go out of my way to make a connection with him and and so that he isn't sensing anything different with my mood or with the love that he receives so I'm kind of like fake it till I make it right now fake it till I feel it you know deeply yeah I uh I had a similar experience as you I uh none of my births were like beautiful and oh I just felt it right away in fact I felt very detached um at birth with all of them um and and not that I didn't love them I just didn't feel that euphoria um, and probably that had a lot to do with trauma like you mentioned um, so yeah fake it till you make it so I love I love I get that now yeah. I look at my my five three and two year old and I'm like oh gosh you're so cute I just love you so much but I did not feel that when I first 
saw them. Well, that's good for me to hear that it comes. Yeah. Because sometimes I doubt. I'm yeah. like, oh, gosh, am I ever going to connect with Emerson the way that I've, I connected with Gabriella and have that strong bond with her? Yeah. It, it's, it's very, very different. I mean, even... The, the the red flag for me was when I would hear Brie cry, I would cry, and my milk would let down. And when Emerson would cry and he's upset, my milk does not do anything, and I'm just like, ugh, he's crying again. You know, it, it's very different, and that was the red flag for me to go to talk to my doctor and see because something was chemically different because it's the oxytocin that triggers your milk Mm -hmm. to let down yeah and even now when i'm home with gabriella when i think about her or i'm out doing my my day and i i'm just hanging out you know and i think of her my milk lets down so i kind of um leverage my relationship and that elation that i had with her you know to trigger my milk and to trigger that hormone and while i'm looking at emerson so I'm very, very conscious and very proactive about creating that, you know, that bond there so that he has no idea what his mom went through, you know, when he's older. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, that's interesting because I can almost exactly relate to that experience, but the opposite. So every one of my kids, when I was when they were born, I was so excited and so ecstatic, but I was not in love with them. I didn't have that, like, instant, oh, my gosh, I'm so proud, you know in love with my child and I remember feeling really guilty about that when my daughter was born like well what's wrong with me yeah. and other people you know I finally mentioned it to one or two friends who said oh no no it's okay <laughs> it comes it, it comes give it a chance and I think when my son was born I knew what was coming like I knew I would fall in love with him so I kind of tapped into that and just hung on to that that feeling and it did happen faster with him um, but it is interesting because with my daughter I was actually just in the process of going through a divorce when she was born. So there was a lot happening there. So I was prepared to be unhappy or had to work really hard through it and that kind of thing. And thankfully, my mother, who was a really huge support system, whereas with my son, I was happily married. I had this great guy that I'd known forever. We'd been married for three years at that point. Again, I had my mother. And so I, I just went into it going, I know it'll come and just try to be a little bit patient with myself. And it did come. So it does come. So, so give yourself time. But at some point I would look at it and said, wait, everything's great. Why am I still so unhappy? And that's when I reached out and said, okay, something's wrong. So I love what you all are sharing because this absolutely captures what we see from the emotional health side when we're working with families. Um, And I really, I'm so excited for your listeners to hear that there's such a range of responses. And the biggest thing is listening to yourself and having safe, loving people that you can safely talk to, to share what you're experiencing, to sound it out until you determine what you need to be well. You know, can someone say, can a friend say, it's okay that you're not in love right away. The relationship takes time to develop. We're relationship, we're, we're social beings. Mm-hmm. But some of us cue off right away and some of us take time. And that's really healthy. That's really typical. And it's not a sign of your value as a mother or your love for your child. You're just going through a process. And then I also love the description of all the different life events that people are describing that they went through. We have loss. We have marital loss. We have transition. We have a doubt about whether or not our spouse will be able to be there at the birth. These are such significant things. They distract us away from the process of mother and birthing. 
And so to have a response is really normal. And that's where support systems, like really loving and non-judgmental support systems. And if you don't happen to have that around you, well, then leverage professionals. Get creative. Get to support groups where you are going to encounter caring, non-judgmental people so you can walk this path and get back to yourself. But, you know, I, I really appreciate what people are sharing. And what they're sharing is that sometimes it goes outside of um, – the typical baby blues experience. Sometimes it's something a little more significant. Mm -hmm. So then what should we look for specifically as the symptoms of baby blues? I love you're asking that. Okay, so um, what I, what I, when I was asked what baby blues are, like that's, it's a phrase we use and you know, what exactly does it mean? And because I'm, I'm in a, um, I'm trained more in the mind-body training field, and I think about emotions as energy. What I think about baby blues and what I, how it aligns with what it's typically described, it is the process your body goes through as it courses through all of this physical and psychological adjustment. So you are growing a being and preparing a being to survive in the world. Then you're bringing that being into the world through the birth process. And then you're adjusting to that relationship and then the responsibility of keeping that being healthy, alive, and safe, right? So that is a whole slew of experiences. And if you imagine, you know, if you imagine a small pool of water, whether it's an an ocean, a lake, or a bucket, every one of those transactions creates a current of energy, right? And so baby blues, the way I think of it, is sort of, it's that it's your emotional body moving around and sort of course correcting from all of this sudden activity. And then eventually within two weeks, it should stabilize and be fairly steady. You should be fairly steady and easy in your emotional flow. Baby blues feels like kind of a, a sudden sudden upset, tearfulness, um, some, some confusion, a little bit of emotionally disoriented, like what am I feeling? What am I doing? Maybe maybe some confusion about what was I just working on? Right. So it's this it's sort of an, a mental and emotional confusion, but it should be relatively functional. It should be fleeting and you should not feel deep despair or distress about yourself, your family or your newborn. Okay, so when it gets into a deeper sense of despair or distress, we're really talking about something stronger. We're really talking about having that wisdom, I think I need to talk to someone because I think my body isn't course correcting well enough, fast enough, something's awry. And what are some ways that um, a partner or a family could support a mom during the baby blues? So um, what I like to think of is, one, we should listen. Right. So when a mom says, I don't know, I don't feel my, I feel like I'm going crazy or I can't stop crying. I don't want to hear, oh, you're fine. Go sleep. Have you taken a bath today? Are you drinking coffee right now? I, I don't I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, really? Oh, how's it going? What, how long that been, how long has that been going on for? How strong is that? I want the mom to be listened to. I want her to hear and sense that she can keep talking that you don't need to interrupt. And then after some time, if she starts to sort of make sense of it and find solutions, say, but you know, I realize I think this is how I felt with my first, or you know, my friends all told me I'd feel this way. And she starts to level, I think I'm okay. I feel better. Thanks for listening. Then that's that normal course correction. Or if she continues and she's getting a little distraught and she's not able to figure a way through, then what I want a family member or a support member or a partner to say is, do you think you're okay? Are you concerned about this? Are you, are you concerned about how you're feeling? Do you want me to do something? Do you think we should go talk to someone? That would be okay. 
right? So I want someone to listen first and then ask for partnership and helping them get support. But if she's really distressed, one of the things is for more significant depression or anxiety, the, the ironic thing about it is the person who's suffering can't see it. So if a person really doesn't look like themselves, if a mom really doesn't look and sound like herself, I want the partner to say, trust me, we're going to go talk to someone. And she may resist. I don't want to. It's okay. I want us to. I, I need us to. I need us to so I can know how to navigate this because this is a little confusing for me, right? So if, if it gets more severe, I want someone looking out for her and thinking for her, okay? And our panelists, did you feel like your baby blues experience those first couple weeks reflected some of what Gretchen said, or did you feel like you had something different going on? Um, I think both happened with me. I definitely think there was some baby blues, but then I didn't recognize it, and so it had a chance to progress, and it just kept getting worse and worse, and then my husband did deploy, Mm. and so I was alone. I don't have family nearby, and Kristen was actually the one that caught it, and she said, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm tired. I can't, you know, just can't get past this, and she said, okay, maybe there's something more that we should should look at, so. Yeah, yeah, and I think something that's really important to recognize is that we moms are warriors. We take care of our babies no matter what. So someone thinking about, well, I can't be depressed. I'm getting up. I'm taking care of my baby every day. I'm fine. But you, if you look at it, you know, well, I'm tired. I'm not feeling well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having that energy, but I'm getting through it. That's usually a, a pretty good sign. I had the same experience um, that you described. So, and it was really pivotal um, to have the support person. My husband was the first one to say, yeah, you don't seem like yourself or what's going on? How are you feeling? And with Gabriella, I, I was able to talk through it. With Emerson this time around, I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. Nothing's wrong. It was, my husband had been at me two weeks, um, before I actually went to the doctor, to go to the doctor and reach out for a therapist and, and for some additional assistance. And when I went, I it had gotten past what it probably should have if I had listened to him. But I was convinced that I was okay and it was just going to, you know, resolve itself. And I was grieving for my grandmother, grieving for her. So I expected to feel kind of down and low, but not to the extent that I was. So, yeah. I actually liked your description. I remember with um, my sorrow baby that I had, for me, it was an easy recovery and and very little baby blues and and nothing past that. Um, But his parents actually described very similar to what you were saying. And I remember one day looking at me and saying, you know, we kind of had this moment of what did we get ourselves into? Um, And it was, it was those first mm, 10 to 12 days of adjustment of, okay, wait, how does this work? And how do I take care of this human being? And, and, and how has my life just changed? And, and what have I gotten myself into? And, and it, it only took about 10 or 12 days for them to, to find a routine and to, to find a rhythm and to start being like, oh, that's right. Okay, this is great. And I wanted to do this. And this is an amazing human being. And I'm, I'm happy and, and kind of go past it. So it was interesting to watch someone very close to me go through the baby blues and self-adjust really well so that by two weeks, a little over two weeks, they were ready to go and life was grand. 
So that's the adjustment period, right? So any mm-hmm. change is adjustment. And then the question is, um, how tapped are we? Are we not so tapped that we can course correct? Or are we so strained and tapped by other life experiences that the adjustment is hard to recalibrate to, right? And that's really, it's, that's the adjustment. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about the baby blues. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Gretchen Malios about the baby blues. Gretchen, does having the baby blues automatically mean a mom is going to develop a long-term postpartum mood disorder? No, no, not at all. The baby blues, like I said, it's this sort of fleeting um, recalibration of the body's energy, emotional, and psychological system. And so it should remit within a couple of weeks. If you're at a month or two months and you say to a family member or your doctor, "Mm, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling emotional, I don't feel like myself or I'm feeling tired and they say oh that's that's normal that's the baby blues we're really actually outside that baby blues window now we're talking about maybe having a little more of a challenge adjusting um, so no it is not um, it's not equivalent to developing a mood disorder it's a, it should be a short fleeting experience at what point in a mom's postpartum recovery would you be suspicious of another postpartum mood disorder I'm watching from day one, actually. We have um, stories of women developing it and not feeling it themselves before they've even given birth. And then we have stories of women really doing great for the first year, two years, and then suddenly they kind of slowly slip into stress. Um, and I and so I'm really watching throughout to see that um, she's course correcting with the changes and the adjustments and that she's seeming like herself and she's finding solutions when things feel hard. And then if she can't find solutions and she's not feeling like herself or she's feeling disoriented and confused and it doesn't course correct, then I'm, I'm concerned that her body's moving into a different state. That's really interesting that you say that because I had postpartum depression the f- within 24 hours of having my kids. I mean, I was lashing out at my husband in the hospital And my third, I had a really traumatic birth, and I actually told a nurse that was not very nice to me that if she came back in my room, I was going to punch her. But no, for seriously, and but no one said to me, "Hmm, Mm -hmm. that's not normal. That's not that's not you. (laughs) That's That's not not who you you are." Yeah, they were probably thinking that because your birth was so traumatic, you were at a heightened state, a heightened emotional right. state. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even even at that point in the hospital, per, you know, medical professionals yeah. should be screening yeah. for that and not just assuming that that was, oh, she's just having the baby blues. And the word, the key word there is medical. Yeah. They're medical professionals. Yeah. They're not mental health professionals. Yeah. And I do a lot of training and talk for providers that are trained at different levels and in different backgrounds. And one of the things that I often share with them is, when you have a mom who's behaving in a way that you want to label, like she's a, <laughs> what a, <laughs> if you're labeling that behavior and that behavior isn't consistent with her core personality, that is a symptom. That's not her character. That's not something to judge. That's a symptom. Because I was really nice my whole labor. So <laughs> even 21 hours after I was still saying please and thank you. So so yeah, I really, you're right. They're not mental health professionals. They're medical professionals. Yeah. 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 And what are some of the warning signs the mother's partner or family should be on the lookout for? What she's talking about, the way she's thinking about herself or her baby, 
Um, so um, if if I'm hearing sounds of despair, like um, she's not so sure of herself, a little bit of self-doubt, like I don't know what I'm doing is normal. Persistent, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure how to handle this. If it's persistent, now I'm thinking about that's how she's viewing the world. That's her perception. Perception, negative perception for some time is really a sign that there is a depression cloud covering her mind and that's influencing how she sees herself, her baby, and her mothering or her family. That's my concern. So it's difficult to be objective. Yeah. Yeah, so when when should a mom seek an evaluation. So um, again, when if it's mild, she's gonna start noticing. I don't feel like myself. So I think if she's wondering, I don't feel like myself, and I'm not feeling as positive about things as I expected myself to be. I would want to start talking to a friend or a professional. And Postpartum Support um, International and Postpartum Health Alliance um, both have warm lines that you can call and talk to a volunteer who's trained and experienced to say, hey, I just I was referred to you. I just wanted to tell you how I'm feeling and check, does this seem like anything's going on? And they can conduct a screening and help them know if they're within a, a healthy range or if they're starting to slip into a concerning range. And then beyond that, when it's sort of like Shannon said, um, with when Emerson was born, I, I you know I, I didn't feel great, but I told my husband, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. There is this irony. There's this there's this irony, a vicious irony, and like I think of depression as almost like an autoimmune disorder. It works against you. So depression clouded Shannon from saying, yeah, you're right. I should listen to you. I should go see someone now. It made her say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine because that's the depression saying, leave me alone. I don't feel good. I want to be left alone. So when At some point, it's no longer up to her to seek help. It's about her support system seeking help for her. Sort of like you were able to do to say, hey, you know, I'm I'm worried. I'm, I'm concerned. Something might be happening here. Thank you so much, Gretchen, and our lovely panelists for chatting with us today about the baby blues for our series on postpartum mood disorders. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Gretchen will provide more information about the Postpartum Health Alliance and the services they offer. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey guys, it's time for a fun segment on newbies we'd like to call Baby Oops, and it's where you guys share your funny stories of what you've done with your babies and the funny things that have happened with your babies during this first year. So this one comes from Stacy from Texas, and Stacy says, When we left the hospital, we were both so nervous. It's not like they give you a handbook or anything. We certainly didn't feel qualified to be responsible for this precious little life. My husband pulled the car up to the hospital. The nurse inspected our car seat. I was carefully put into the front seat. Seatbelts, check. We are ready to go be the best parents ever. My husband starts the car and reverses it right into the car behind us. 
<laughs> Thankfully, no damage. We start off again. This time we make it onto the highway, and I start getting so annoyed at how fast people drive. I mean, we are bringing our perfect new baby into such an awful, dangerous world, right? My husband agrees, and we can't believe the speeders. And that's when I notice he's only doing 35 miles per hour. <laughs> Yeah, it's everyone else that's crazy out there, right? So thanks so much for sending this in. We love to hear your stories um, of things that have happened between you and your baby during this first year. And so if you're thinking of a story, you're like, oh, everyone would really appreciate this story. We would love to hear it. So there's a couple ways you can submit. You can go to our website, click on the contact link, and just type out an email to us and tell us your story. Or my favorite way is for you guys to call our voicemail and tell the story yourself. And you can call 619-866-4775. Leave a message and we'll include your story in an upcoming episode. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show Preggy Pals for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, the boob group for moms who breastfeed, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.